Hello everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Cast the Dice, a Warhammer podcast. I'm here this week with Rob, our resident dwarf player, Wayne, and Karaman, here to bring you an episode about Fire Slayers and the big release that's coming up for them. How y'all doing today, guys? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, me and Rob, <laughs> we, we pulled an all-nighter last night filming the first battle report for the channel, so it was Death Guard versus uh, Death Corps of Krieg. We were up until like almost four in the morning <laughs> playing Warhammer. So me and him are both on our last legs right now. So it, you'll have to excuse up, excuse us if we're not bursting with energy right now because we've been going ham in the paint trying to get uh, some Warhammer content out there. So look forward to that, guys. It'll be up on the channel uh, pretty soon, actually. I'd expect it, if not this week, definitely next week. It won't take me more than probably two weeks to edit the thing, so... It'll be out there pretty soon. Yeah, it's not a long game. No, unfortunately, uh, I don't want to spoil anything for, for the battle report coming out, but the dice gods were not happy with a certain side of that game. So it was it was a bloodbath. And as the cameraman, I can tell you that I, I, I felt bad. I, I, I felt a certain way about what was going, and it was like watching somebody get hit by a train, and I couldn't help them, and... I felt helpless. And it's kind of like when you see somebody lose their balance in public and they try and regain it and then they keep stumbling and, <laughs> and they kind of roll over onto their stomach. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, some some things were some things happened, some bad things happened, but lessons were learned. And you know what? That's that's kind of where you wanna you wanna be at the end of the day. You know, you play Warhammer, you do some things, you roll some dice, and you you learn a lesson and. You know, life is like that in a lot of ways. You just, you got to do things, you got to learn the lessons. And you know what? We learned lessons. So look forward to that battle report. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Um, the dice rolls will make you cringe. Just a fair warning. But it's a good time. Anyway, this week's episode, we're going to be looking at the Fire Slayers for Age of Sigmar. Now, they're getting their tome soon. And... Rob, I know you actually have been working on Fire Slayers for the Year of War for our local shop. It's like a campaign slash painting competition for them. So you've been converting up uh, like a frozen tundra theme Fire Slayers, right? Yeah, it's like Roman Beast. Yeah, so... Kind of like it looks like old pick pitch type Norse or European style. Yeah, they look really cool. A lot of wolves, a lot of bones. I know you got like a, a berserker jumping off a wolf or something like that. So. Yeah, a berserker jumping off a wolf with a serpent's head with a pike through it. <laughs> you know, close pictures. Yeah, once you, yeah, make sure uh, you send along some of those pictures. I can throw them up on the Instagram because a lot of people will probably want to see them. I know it's, uh, they're looking pretty cool from what you showed me. So I look forward to seeing more of them. Um, Fire Slayers are one of those armies that have been waiting for a tome for a while. They didn't even have, they, to my knowledge, they didn't have a Age of Sigmar 1.0 tome, did they? They did. Did they? they? Were one of the first. Yeah, they were one of the first. So they had their first round of battle tomes released that did not have allegiance abilities. You still used the Grand Alliance allegiances. Okay, so and then the new year after that, they decided with the General's Handbook and like Sylvanets and everything. Um, Sylvan and Beast Squad Raiders, I think, were the first ones to get their battle tomes with updated allegiances. Okay. And the General's Handbook after that ended up having allegiances rolled into it, and then they've slowly been rolling through releasing allegiances for each of those armies or new armies coming along the way. Okay, so Fire Slayers were stuck with a with an old style tome, much like Seraphon, and yeah, but then they did get an update in the General's Handbook. So cool. Okay, now how did you feel about Fire Slayers up until this point as an army? What did, what did you? Because I know you picked them up. So what what drew you to them in the first place? Um, I like dwarves. I've always liked dwarves. I like the aesthetic. The lore is pretty cool, and I thought that there was a lot of opportunity for customizing or converting. So that's mostly why I picked it up, and also because I said, well, you know, they're they're about to get an update anyways, and I played this in that tournament, and they were just durable, very durable. Yeah. They pretty cool. And they were, you know, it's a horde army, but 
they felt pretty elite because they had all these feel no pain, extra saves, cool moves, big roller moves on everybody. I just thought it would be a cool thing to try and get into because it's an underrepresented one too. And I thought there was a lot of potential there. But in their first release before they got their allegiance abilities, the cost was a little bit off when I played against them. But then once they got their update, you know, the points change and they got those mega battalions, they were very strong. Now, how did you feel they fit into the competitive meta? Because I know you, you've been in a lot of tournaments. Have, did you see them often, or did, did they not really make much of an impact on the competitive meta up until this point? Uh, about like a year and a half ago, they were in a decent spot. They were workable. And then as things just started getting stronger and stronger, they fell off. Okay, yeah. So being that they didn't have a, a new style tome yet, they just kind of got left behind. As everybody yeah, else was year. getting their weapons. Like over the past year, it was rough. And then over the past couple months, I think they got way worse. Yeah. Now, Caramon, I know you played against Fire Slayers a few times, right? Yeah, a friend of mine owns them, uh, a small army. Okay. And we play semi-regulator. Semi-regularity? Ah, words. Okay. Now, how did you feel playing against them? Um, well, considering I usually don't play that hard of a list against my friends, they were um, somewhere between a fair fight or at, uh, at sometimes even somewhat of a challenge uh, because they were very durable uh, with their uh, big blob of uh, 30 Volkites which just take ages to chew through. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and basically everything having a funeral pain, except the big monsters, um, made them a very tough match sometimes to uh, take down with casual lists. Um, but if I, um, considering the lack of big allegiance there, uh, yeah, they were pretty easy to take down in uh, tournaments so okay so they were solid casually but they weren't really making any impact on the meta overall in the in a competitive sense uh, as they were before okay yeah not over here either yeah now wayne have you played against fire slayers at all with your flesh eater courts no nobody here that i'm aware of plays them i know one guy is probably going to start them, which is kind of good because he, his main army is Flesh Eater Courts also, so that should put me as the main Flesh Eater Courts player, but no, I haven't played them at all. Okay, so that's cool, yeah. I've noticed that too. Not a lot of people play the Dwarf Armies. I mean, really, the only one I know who plays them or plays any Dwarves really is Rob. So, and I know if they still had squats in 40k, he'd be playing them too. <laughs> but uh, other than that, there's like a very anti-Dwarf uh, mentality, I feel like in the in the in the hobby, because I never really see a whole lot of dwarf players. I don't know why that is. Uh, they seem like they got a pretty cool range of models. So maybe it was their rules. Maybe something about them wasn't jiving with people. I think a lot of it, especially after seeing Rob's paint schemes, I think a lot of it too is the way uh, the studio paints up Fire Slayers. It kind of makes them look too cartoony, in my opinion. Um, if you give them like a gritty kind of badass paint job. It really does them a lot of wonders. I feel like they look a lot better when they aren't painted like bright red, like giant babies with red hair. So yeah, pale, pale guys, which is cool. Pale is cool. Pale is beautiful. Uh, but orange hair and kind of it just looks. They all look very flat. The paint seems very flat. Yeah. Well, um. Locally, we have like I think we had like three fire slayers and one or two uh, overlord players, but. Uh, what I really saw them struggle with was at tournaments or even sometimes casual play, their armies didn't really get a grip on, so that kind of put it on the shelves for them. Yeah, so they just moved on to something else, and yeah, yeah, the dwarf armies kind of got left behind. That's why I'm glad they're coming out now and they're updating Fire Slayers. I mean, as we roll into the main bulk of the show now, which is what we're talking about, the uh, the new update is seeming pretty spicy. I, I know as soon as it got announced, Rob, you were pretty excited for it. There's a lot going on with the new 
the new Fire Slayers. What are some of the biggest things that you see uh, as far as changes go? Um, maybe start with Allegiance abilities, since that seems to be uh, kind of the big... Did you read or you want me to talk? Because I read them. Yeah, uh, talk away, uh, man. Okay, so the rules basically stayed the same. Like one of the big changes is that unit determination. Um, it doesn't give you battle shock. It just gives you plus one bravery, and if you get the enhanced effect, you then you're immune to battle shock. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll figure out how to explain it. So basically, at the start of the battle round, you can choose to activate a wound at the start of your turn, getting a battle round, take your turn towards battle. Well, not the round, your turn. It's not like camp, but the other side. It's very similar in that you take an effect and it's a combined effect. When you roll a d6 and on a 6, you get the critical effect, but there's ways to modify it with a lodge or with one um, uh, trait. But anyways, um, one of them is like, got nerfed, use the plus 4 inch movement, and the enhanced was also add plus 1 inch charge. Now it's plus 2 and plus 2. Okay. Um, the others stay the same as far as I know. Um, three roll the rules, one army guard, and with melee weapons, and get the enhanced is add plus 1 to attack, so they're listed. Okay. Um, other ones are like um, they changed the throwing axe ones. Throwing axes are worse now. They're kind of fives and fives instead of fours and fours. But the movement is add plus one to hit, and then I believe it's add plus one to wound. So you basically have to fours and fours. The old one used to be increase the range from eight to sixteen. Okay. And you could reroll once to hit. So they essentially made it a wash. Yeah, and they changed it, but they added other ways. Basically, what they did is they took some of those enhanced effects or effects and added them throughout the army in different ways to be more reliable. But we can get into that later. Yeah. So, essentially, to balance the entire army, they had to take certain things away from certain units so it didn't get out of hand. Uh, they they effectively gave them back to the units. Just they had to do it in a way that would affect the whole army rather than just that individual unit. Because if they didn't change it then those individual units would be absurd, is, is what it feels like to me. Right, like they they don't want your elite guys whipped and enhanced for piloting and attacking again. I mean, uh, piloting and attacking even after they die. But they'll give it to your main battle line, Cold Kite Berserker. Yeah. So they took it off the room, and then they added it as an ability to one of your Berserkers, but not your elites. Yeah, yeah this, that actually makes a lot of sense to me, and it's actually a good... That's a good way to balance a faction, I feel like. Rather than just blanket, blanketing everything with certain abilities and hoping for the best, I mean, taking and gi a give and take really helps balance, uh, internally balance a faction. That way you don't have one unit that's just auto-include that you have to put in every list and just spam the hell out of it. Uh, nobody really wants that, so that's a, a, a good way to balance. Now, Fire Slayers don't have any mages, correct? No, they have priests. Okay. But you can uh, ally and storm cast wizards, which is not a bad idea, in my opinion. But you can, there's no, as far as I know, you can't combine any spells or dispel any endless spells unless you give an item or an artifact to one of the heroes. Okay. Uh, like the battle stick. He has an item where it's like everyone holy within 12 inches and a 4 plus ignores all spell effects or endless spell effects, or it lets them uh, unbind the spell as a wizard with a different one. Um, I have to look at the rules because I don't have battle tome yet. I just see what's been talked about. I don't know if they can dispel spells as if it's um, endless spells as if like a wizard at the beginning of the round. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the prayers go, do they have like a list of prayers that they could chant from, or are the prayers just kind of on the scroll? They have them on the scroll, and they can do their. They can pick from a list. Okay. So like the list has, you know, one of them is, you know, target hero that's not on a magma drop pilot and attack. Like your combat base just piles and attacks for free. Um, the other one is like you add. No, it's minus one to hit to an enemy unit within eighteen inches, which is really strong. Yeah. Because with that that shrine, you know, if you have a piece here, you're gonna have a get that on two press. One and two plus, so you think it's minus one to I have to double check to see if there's rule one. Um, I don't know if you can give that to all your wizards and just hit a bunch of different units with minus one to hit. Yeah. And I don't think they stack on the same 
as far as I know, but I'd have to double check. Yeah. Uh, the rule of one, because they started changing that with the corn stuff. <clears throat> and then, like, the prayers on the scrolls are like the smiter used to be able to just pick and clean it within range. Um, it was like 18 or 20 inches of the key. It was really long. Now, a lot of things have changed to holy with it, and it's a prayer roll now, so a unit can be rolled, build new rolls. But it's a prayer. Okay. Definitely. And the rule master with his blowing up a trade feature. So they've, I mean, Fire Slayers have already kind of been like this, but they really kind of doubled down on the idea that they want you to run a lot of heroes and kind of your heroes is the linchpin of your army. Uh, mm -hmm. They're going for a heavy kind of synergy faction with the Fire Slayers, almost akin to corn. it feels like. Yeah, I think they actually moved further in that direction because um, the Grimwrath Berserkers count as a hero, but they don't take up a leader. Okay, so... Which is interesting. Yeah. you can give them specific artifacts. Okay. And there's, the, and there's the one lodge that you can give. You get two extra artifacts. You can hear just right off the bat. That's interesting. Now, in the transition, now that all the War Scrolls are available, in this transition from old Fire Slayers to new Fire Slayers, what units do you think were the big winners and the big losers on the in the transition. We'll start with the winners. Like, who do you think benefited the most from this new tome? Does anyone else want to go? Or... Yeah, I know, Caravan, you were talking about it a little bit earlier. I know you were mentioning the uh, Berserkers. Um, yeah, the, the Hearthguard Berserkers uh, with their uh, new... Uh, they changed uh, the, the, the Phenol Pain a bit, I think. Uh, now they get to a four plus funeral pain with the hero nearby, and there. It was that was always like that. I think. You sure. The yeah, the bulk I... has changed. All right. Uh, I thought it was a five plus before only, but. Uh, no, it was a four plus. It's pretty crazy. Anyways, they they have uh, like uh, four swings in melee. They. Oh no! They have a weapon choice. Uh, two swings in melee. They got their extra wound. They got a five plus save. They got a four plus invul and the uh, extra mortal wounds on the attack. And um, I talked with Wayne a bit about the pricing earlier, and he mentioned he heard something about 120. Uh, and I think at that point, it would have been insane. Uh, I don't know, do you know anything about their pricing yet? It is, it's 120 for five, but it's like 3600. All right, uh, then, then at 120 points for that melee profile, that those stats, and the extra mortal wounds, they're gonna be, they're gonna do fine, I think. They, they really, yeah. That's a little bit cheap, in my opinion, but all right. It, it definitely sounds like they're in a good place. I mean, just to bump up to two wounds alone is so yeah. huge. It's, it's so huge, because it's effectively giving you two guys for the price of one at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it can't be stated enough how big the difference is. So, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm a little more experienced in 40k, so it's kind of like the transition from tactical marines to primaris marines. Like you don't really realize how much that extra wound makes until you you see somebody firing into a an intercessor squad, and you know you're not losing the entire squad in the shooting phase because it's actually kind of hard to to get rid of both wounds on a guy, and you know it takes double the firepower to start removing uh, models, and it's it, it, it's a big deal. I mean, they got more attacks, they got a lot more synergy going on. They got the extra wound. Uh, they're they're already tanky as hell. I mean, as you you both have said before, uh, playing them in their old iteration, they were a very tanky army. Now they're they're even tankier, and they have twice as much longevity. So, I mean, how many points were they prior? One hundred five or four eighty four thirty. Okay, so 20, they uh, 20? Yeah, you, you you essentially. I think it was twenty. Yeah, 20 was the max, now it's 30. Yeah, so they were 105, you said? 100. 100. 100 flat. Okay. Only one wound piece. Yeah, so you, for 20 points, for 20% of the cost, you gained 100% of the durability. Yeah, you get double the output. Yeah. Cost. Yeah, that, that's a buff across the board if I've ever seen one. It doesn't really get much better than that, so... Yeah, so those are really nice in my opinion. Uh, the their ranged counterpart, the the Auric Hearthguards, 
uh, with the new uh, ability against uh, monsters because they added an extra damage in mm -hmm. there for targeting them. Um, just flat more damage. It's the extra wound again. Uh, I'm not sure about their their uh, spawn protector ability. Did they change? Um, that, yeah, that didn't exist before. But basically, they can soak up like a bodyguard. Yeah. Um, it's a wound or a mortal wound from a hero. So with heroes, you know, obviously it's an army that focuses a lot around heroes, always with their butts and prayers. So being able to just absorb these off onto their butts. Yeah. And they they should give the, the, the lookouts or two. So you have like this support hero bubble surrounded by those Auric Hearthguard that just fire away at everything because their uh, shooting profile is still solid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, pricing, you know, on uh, those two or? I think they're 120, but I don't know if that's for five or if it's half. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah, th yeah those. Let me see, actually. Hold on, I'll try and find them. I mean, yeah, do that. either way, I mean, if it's for 10, that's even even crazier. But even at five, I would say that's worth it. I mean, in it all. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm guessing it's five because they're getting sold in five boxes of five still. Yeah. It's, it's the same kit as the. the, the I wonder. Yeah. I'll try and find it. Yeah, no, yeah. take take even your time. Not, even if you don't find it, the, the 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 pure stat increase plus the extra rule in this uh, hero heavy army to protect those heroes even better than other armies, it's just exactly. I mean, it yeah. it can't be stated enough how important that is. I mean, you got an army that is significantly based around its heroes, and you need them to effectively lead your army i mean they're they they're what makes your army functional the fact that you have built-in protection for them unlike a lot of other armies is yeah. huge because i know with corn a lot of times i know especially older corn i mean even 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 now if you kill the heroes you, you kind of neuter the army a little bit against fire slayers that's significantly harder to do now because they could just pass these wounds off and they're not just passing them off, they're passing them off to very resilient models. So not only are they passing wounds off, but those models that they're passing them to have a very significant chance of just ignoring that damage. So Well, the the, the Oryx don't have the funeral pain. Uh, so, uh, oh, uh, they, they don't. No, they're, they they're don't soft. have one, but still they got the extra wounds, so if a single wound gets negated, you don't lose the guy. He yeah. just takes a wound. Okay. So, so that's still pretty solid yeah uh, so yeah those two are my personal winners um i didn't really glance over the the, the heroes all that intensely but uh, i'm not sure we have all that many losers in that army yet because yeah it's just flat buff for most of them yeah it didn't really seem like it i mean they all gained a wound across the board right even the heroes uh i'm not sure about the heroes but all units got an, exactly. an extra wound like the Volkites got, you know, two wounds, the Earthward Berserkers, the Auric Hearthguard, yeah, all two wounds. Uh, let me just check. Uh, Rune Smiter, five wounds. I think he had five wounds before. I think Rune Master had six. One of them had six, which was odd. He's uh, yeah, he still does. Rune Master has six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I mean, they don't need an extra wound. They, no. No. Now, how is the magma drop now? Because he was an awesome model, but I, I know he I didn't really see him on tables very often. Granted, I didn't see Fire Slayers on tables that often, but uh, did the magma drop change at all between old and new? Well, the good news is um, he's still an awesome model. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you want to take it? I didn't read too much into the mount traits and everything about it, um, but I know there's one that's like the natural sixes extra like wounds I think or wounds uh, like for mount trait and there is a there's one of the lodges that's every single magma drop in your army take a trait and it, which is crazy and because mount traits can all be taken more than once so depending on the mount trait it's still be great. Yeah. Uh, but they're still they're still four plus so you don't have to like you used to be with blood volcanic blood could hurt you but you had to roll less than you rolled less than a number of wounds you took do like, or something. I have to do that first. Well, I don't know. I um, wait, I, I have it. 
uh, Roaring Firestorm, right? Um, volcanic Flood. Like you've always, blood, right, right. Uh, Roaring Firestorm and Lashing Tail, you've always had more or less the number of uh, models, which, which was okay because they were an anti-colored, like Mortal Wounds is bad. Like you said, Mortal Wounds deeply Mortal Wounds. Yeah. Volcanic Blood, I have it. Um, roll dice each time a wound is allocated to this model. Uh, oh, that's by a melee weapon, yeah. On a four plus, the attacking model uh, unit suffers a model wound. So now it's just every wound has the chance to inflict damage. Okay. So and that's. You can't hit your uh, allies anymore. That's that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. That's pretty good because yeah. I know that was one of the complaints I kept hearing back in the day was that uh, the magma Droth wasn't worth taking because oftentimes he was just hurting your own guys. Yeah. So, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, I'm glad they yeah. kind of turned that around. Yeah. And the wound smiter on the magnum drop used to be his whole grand ritual was everyone within eight inches once per game. It didn't say what phase. Wait, I think that one didn't say what phase you had to do it in. But sure. everyone within eight—it was funny. It was a weird word. Everyone within eight could reroll failed until like the end of the turn or whatever. Um, but now he keeps his staples of everyone only within twelve inches by one. So if you're running into pure magnum drop on him. And you have him and some, another wound spider on Mega Drop, like Poppy, you have a cord of 2 plus save Mega Drops. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty significant. I mean, it, it just kind of doubles down on that idea that they want Fire Slayers to be this very durable army. That they're definitely not an Alpha Strike army, they definitely seem like the Counter Punch army. They want to absorb the blow and then just maul you in prolonged combat. Yeah, I'm thinking that. Uh, magma drops would be defensive style. One of the lodges gets you on the charge and stuff, but yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, uh, they're tanky. They're meant to be hit by all the... You know how, like, everyone's talking about how impressive all the new output is? Like, nobody's... I don't think he's jumping up and down saying that Fire Slayer's overpowered because I think a lot of people just look at output and they look at how strong an army is, like, in general. Like, yeah. for some reason. It's, well, it's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, oh, what can I kill? Like, how much can I do? But looking at this army... Defense capabilities is just as ridiculous as yeah. the offense of the other armies. Yeah. And there's a lot of utility to it. Especially um, in a game where you could be double turned. Uh, I mean, that ability to be able to take a punch and get stuck in and kind of withstand that kind of onslaught and mm -hmm. then give it back in equal measure uh, is pretty significant. And I, I do think you're right. I think it gets overlooked a lot in this game. Uh, the oh, there's, there's a battalion where you mentioned a double turn. Forge Brethren Battalion. Uh, I was talking to a guy and I didn't, I, I missed it, but uh, Tom from Warhammer Weekly was like, oh, by the way, he's like, look at the wording. He's like, uh, if you get double turned, because it's you pick a unit holding within 18 inches of one of your aura card cards and your enemy's hero phase at the start of their hero phase, and you give them plus one save rolls until your next hero phase. So huh. say you go first, then they buff up your guys. They get plus one to saves until your next hero phase. The enemy goes, you add another plus one. They double turn you, you add another plus one. Because it triggers again and again in their hero phase, not yours. Because you didn't have your hero phase yet. Right. And, had, and then you just had two, three plus one save stacks on a, friend, on a friendly unit. It doesn't have fire slayers on a friendly unit. Huh. Until your hero phase. So that's a total so, of plus three to save rolls, pretty much. Uh, yeah, the plus two. I mean, you could go a prayer, plus one. You have your battlesmith for plus one. Uh, your shield gives you plus one. You put another two plus. So you can get like plus five to your save rolls on a shield roll or for four play berserkers. Now, is that all just a model or is that on an entire unit? Entire unit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so say bye to Rend. I mean. Yeah, you can give them a two plus save, ignoring Rend, like one or two. Yeah. It seems like. It seems like ranged mortal wounds are going to be the this army's weakness. I mean, it seems like an army like Iron Jaws is going to get fucking destroyed by fire slayers. I mean, yeah, because they they just have a ton of attack. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then again, the uh, fire slayers just have a ton of defense, and they have a ton of attacks too. Yeah. But they just do it better. They do the same thing that Iron Jaws do. But better. better yeah. Until Iron Jaws update. Yeah, Iron Jaws are one of those army that severely needed update. I mean, they're getting left behind in a big way. 
I can't even imagine them having a game into Fire Slayers. I imagine the Fire Slayers will take a whole Iron Jaws army, just absorb the, the charge, and then just whack them down and just <laughs> obliterate them in like a turn. I can't imagine it going particularly oh, yeah. well. I mean, like, say, say you have your unit of Hearthguard Berserkers that Jericho was talking about. You get them to a 2 plus save, um, which helps charge it. They slam you after you're at well, make 60 saves, minus one grab. You're like, all right. You know, you save 40 of them, you fail 20. Um, you shrug off 10 of those, and you lose five guys. <laughs> That's it, it has friends. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then they swing back. Yeah, then you hit back, and then you get a double piling because of the battalion. Yeah, and the uh, the Witch Elves or the Iron Jaws, they don't have those kind of defensive buffs, so you're just going to mow them down in a big way. Ah, well, Witch Elves get some defense buffs, but... Not on that level. A little bit flimsy compared yeah. to Fire Slayers, which will be... Basically, everyone is going to be flimsy, except maybe Stormcast in some ways. Um, and again, I, I would argue they need that tankiness, because remember, the dudes walk four inches. Yeah, the, there's plays around it, like the, that new bot, that new boss fight lodge. It gives you, I think it's a trait. I have to double check. I'm sorry. I think it's a trait where at the beginning of your first turn, everyone can run six inches and still charge. They auto run six inches. They can run um, and charge in the same turn. Is that what it is? I don't know, but I at think it's that, the trait. At the rune that you can move to further and bank on that. Six plus or five plus if you take. Oh wait, no, you. There's a warlock trait with the five plus mm -hmm. to trigger it earlier, right? Yeah, but if you take the boss star lodge, you have to take the specific yeah, trait to that template. But what then, I'm saying is, like, you could pop that next thing you know, you're running eight, and you know, yeah, well, you walk six, six, you run, and you're running six. You just you just went twelve inches off the board, you and then you charge, charge. Oh, with a plus right. one because boss star gives plus one. Plus three if you get uh, the, the rune off. Uh, uh, plus two if you get plus the rune off. Plus two from the rune, and then you can get a plus one from the rune by command if you decided to use it. So basically, yeah, all goes well. You know what I mean? Like all scenarios go well. You get plus five your charge roll first turn. You run 12 inches up. So maximum possible covered ground would be. 29 inches. True, but you know, again, well, it's that one of those things where it's nice. consistent. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to pin them down, but just getting to the objective incentive where they're sitting there, and then you buff up all your saves and you just sit there. Yeah. Huh. It, it seems like Fire Slayers actually play pretty similar to Death Guard now in that they want to kind of rush up and clog up the middle of the board and then just sit there and take all the objectives and just. It'll let you come to them and fight you, fight you in a fist fight on on their terms. Like they don't mind being charged. They just want to get you stuck in combat. So yeah, like you kind of want to get hit because then you can hit them. Yeah. But like the uh, bull kites, like I don't know if you saw, like they have that berserk fury, like at the beginning of the combat phase. Mm -hmm. You can you can trigger it, and whenever the unit dies, they can pile in an attack. Yeah. So. They don't mind dying. They don't mind getting charged. They're not like Corn, who really wants to get the charge. Like they, they're perfectly okay setting up on the board. You can play tactically with them, set them up where you need them, and you can just let the enemy come to you, and everything should work out in your favor. It's... Yeah, and I guess the the other thing is is that it makes sense because you don't have any summoning. The other armies do. Yeah. You don't have any regeneration. Yep. Now, like I said earlier, the big, the biggest weakness, I guess, for this army is going to be ranged armies, and especially ranged mortal wound armies uh, that can kind of flood the heroes and enough. They can only pass off so many wounds, so if you can generate enough saves, uh, you are going to get rid of the heroes, and once the heroes are gone, the army loses a significant amount of its effectiveness. Uh, as of right now, what armies do you see giving fire slayers the hardest time i know we spoke yesterday uh agreed that skaven is probably one of them right now uh who who else do you think could give them some trouble chaos corpse 
<laughs> yeah, they're they're chaos brethren. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see chaos dwarves giving them a hard time with all those mortal wounds. Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe death. Yeah, honestly, because if death gets there first, and he can try and shoot for the horse, but if they just regenerate, they may debuff you. It's going to be kind of hard because you're both kind of doing this, you're in the same play style. Yeah, at, at that point. Yeah, at that point, then you're trying to out out attrition a legion of the gash list, which is going to be pretty hard. Right, because you don't have any unbinds. Yeah. So you can't stop any spells. Yeah, so the spells so are going to tear you up. Yeah. Yeah, we're an ally. Okay, so flesh eaters do seem like they have some game into them, but it's again you have to try and uh, out attrition the attrition army. Yeah. Yeah, and they have more maneuver than. Yeah. So you would. You'd have to be a pretty good player with flesh eater courts. I feel like to to outdo fire slayers. I feel like fire slayers can kind of absorb a lot of their gimmicks, but yeah. But if you're a uh, a savvy player, I mean, I could say that about any army, but I think flesh eater courts in particular because they're so strong. Uh, I do think you don't have to be a pro to beat fire slayers with flesh eater courts, but I I do think they're a little more. Fire Slayers definitely have good game into Flesh Eater Courts as well. I think a lot of it comes down to dice rolls, uh, maneuvering, uh, just kind of the flow yeah, of the game. Because if you think about it, the whole type of circles, the common room that you have is at Binds from Red. So say you have your whole type of circles with dual axes out front, and you give them plus one there, and you hit like a terror that minus one to hit. So uh, how many mod attacks do you have? Two or three? Yeah. Say you, say you buff it up to four. I mean, you're fishing for sixes. Say you do 12 more wounds on them. You know, you're going to kill six bouquet berserkers. Where that one pile in will be quick. Um, three plus, three plus, minus one rend, rolling hits. Yeah. Or 12 attacks. And just kind of back away at you. Yeah, so they just want to drown you and just slowly grind you down. They're definitely a meat grinder army, which is, which is good. I mean... There's not a whole lot of those. I mean, you could you could claim Legions of Nagash as one, but I don't really consider them so much a meat grinder as I just consider them a, I'm going to stall you with cheap chaff that isn't going to do anything either, and then just cast spells at you. Um, fire. Yeah, it's not, it's not impossible to have, like, um, 180 to 200 Fire Slayers. Yeah. Like, I feel like Fire Slayers want to take their chaff, and their chaff is actually going to grind you up, too. Like, they, they want to pull you into their clutches, and then they can kind of grind you up uh, themselves. Uh, that's what I consider a meat grinder army. Legions of Nagash is just straight uh, attrition through <laughs> numerous small bodies. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a different play style, so it's nice to kind of see that kind of tough brawler-type army uh, come forward. Uh, I would say they're uh, probably the mirror of Corn at this point. Corn being the offensive brawler army, and Fire Slayers being more of the defensive brawler army. Uh, what do you think? Corn gun lines into Fire Slayers. Uh, yeah, I think I just got nerfed, so no oh, cares. Oh damn it! <laughs> the, uh, but the that wall, that wall is the, the Fire Slayer prayer. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, we'll talk about the endless spells because, you know, with every big release that's been lately, they've gotten a scenery piece and the endless spells. So we'll talk about the endless spell first since you brought it up. It's the uh, runic firewall, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got the uh, scroll for it right here, actually. Uh, at the start of your hero phase, one friendly fire slayer's priest can attempt to perform this magmic invocation. If they do so, make an invocation roll by rolling a dice on a 3+, plus. the invocation roll is successful. If the invocation roll is successful, set up this model wholly within 18 inches of that priest. Um, the That's ability... Range. Yeah, it's pretty long. I mean, the ability itself is a uh, model cannot see another model if an imaginary straight line, one millimeter wide, drawn from the center of its base to the center of the other model's base, passes within one inch of this model. Yeah. And it counts as a model that you control. Yeah. So enemy can't move over like terrain. Yeah. And it's uh it also you reroll save rolls of one for attacks to target fire slayers units wholly within twelve inches of the model. So Magma Draughts can pass across it though, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ally in a mage? 
and take the palisade and then put both down. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's but, like you have a big you just have a big wall with no shoe. Yeah, this is a really cool spell, and it, it actually reminds me of a lot of Warmer Hordes. Uh, I know I mentioned that before to you, but this is that this is probably the first kind of spell like this that I've seen in Age of Sigmar, and I kind of hope we see more of it. I mean, you, you've got Sylvaneth that can create trees and kind of create cover, but this is the first thing where you literally can create a wall. And even though you're creating terrain that you could still see over, you could see that model, that, that terrain... That, that wall is treated as if it's line of sight blocking. So you can essentially make your own line of sight blocking terrain. Like a lot in Warmer Hordes, I know Wayne, you played Warmer Hordes as well. You could create clouds and, and stuff to kind of block people from seeing what's on the other side of it. I think this is a really cool, this is a really cool spell that really kind of takes from that playbook. Um, I'd like to see more of that in the future because I think it, it adds a pretty interesting sort of tactic to the game um yeah because i mean that's your main weakness is oh man they're gonna throw debuffs on my guys yeah uh, or they're going to go you know shoot my heroes away and even though you might have your bodyguards nearby it'll be blocking those crazy artillery pieces that move like three to five inches that can't move yeah because war fighting can't move how far um off the top of my head, I would have to find my Skaven paperwork, but they're, I think they move 8 inches. 8 I, inches, I just looked it up. So. Uh, okay. Here, that's the thing. You put this, you smash this prayer down, kind of in front of the, like, between them and the objective. They're going to be trying to move around that 3 inches every turn. Just <laughs> not being able to shoot anything. Like, just smack, dab, right in front of that. Because the range is 18 inches, you just put it smack dab in front of that cannon, and it's wide enough so that it'll have to move three inches to the side. Three yeah. inches to the side. They can't dispel this prayer. There's a chance, I believe it's, I have to read it, but I believe they said it's random if it goes away and you can channel it to keep it around. They can't get rid of it. Yeah. They will have, they will deploy, and they'll have to try and move their cannons and their artillery around this to try and get line of sight, which they won't be able to do for multiple. Yeah. You, you just made their cannons I mean, it's really cool too because it kind of fits the, it kind of fits them in a way, and they're fluff because it's almost like they're terraforming the battlefield. And I mean, as a, as an army based around these volcano dwelling uh, berserkers that can summon uh, magma beasts and stuff, it's kind of cool that they can kind of create these walls of earth and whatnot to block line of sight i mean it, it's it was one of my favorite mechanics in warmer hordes being able to drop clouds in different areas and it kind of gives you that that roving cover that you need to move up the board and it really messes with your opponent because now they have to change the way they move so not only are you protecting your own guys you're forcing your opponent to move in a way that you want them to not in the way that they want to yeah, at 18 inches, again, replacing a wall down because of the range. Yeah. Uh, I see a, a tiny, small problem with this. Um, the thing is, we just talked about how ranged armies should have game into them. Mm -hmm. uh, we just took that away. I mean... And considering how grindy they can get for the opponent, and depending on the points, cost for the runic firewall... May, which make may, which may make that one an auto include points like thirty or forty points. That's an auto include. Oh so, yeah. Um, yeah, we it have just, like. Yeah. And with that forge, it goes on. Yeah. So we we just took away the biggest weakness for them, and which leaves them with what Achilles heel now. Uh, mobility. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're which right. They, also kind of get around with the shenanigans we mentioned earlier, so... Sort of? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, what's their weakness? I guess, I would say just a lot of debuffs, but then again, um, if you just stack your stack your saves... Um, you, you just go through those. Oh, yeah, and the Volkite Berserkers will access they re-roll hit rolls. I, I, I still... I still think it's shooting, though, because, I mean, at its core, you're, you're cutting off a certain part of your army, but it's still only one wall, and the, the battlefield's very big. So if you have if you have the shooting, 
you're going to have enough shooting to, to get around the wall at some point. It, they, he can't protect you from everything. The the wall's yeah, not going to be mobile shooting. Like yeah, sky fires. Yeah, stormcast is going to be good into them. Uh, uh, yeah, deep strike and stormcast. Yeah, so it's. Wow. I mean, your Skaven warp cannons aren't going to be tearing them up, but you know, burrowing. If if they decide to burrow up some storm fiends or. Or something crazy like that. I mean, there are ways to, to get around it. Uh, Skaven mm -hmm. have a lot of tricks up their sleeves, so they, they, they'll probably have some game into it. Uh, Legions, the Legions of the Gash is pretty uh, tricky with where they can deploy from, so you, you, you never really know where to wall off. Yeah, still, the thing is, though, that first off, the game isn't really all that kind to shooting armies, uh, overlords being point in case. Uh, and the Stormcast shooting for one, it's, it, you drop it where you want it, sure, but then it's basically immobile. If, if you pick Ballistas, uh, nobody plays Vanguards, even though they would naturally be in uh, a game, have, have game into Firespace because they I've move fast some, and shoot. I've, I've seen some, a lot of people expand Vanguard Raptors with the long strikes, and Which, they, they use the anvil to help them hammer and do like 30 inch sniper shots with almost two hands. Yeah, but. Zero phase. Um, you gotta remember too, that's also meta based. So if Fire Slayers real, really start to make a, an impact on the meta, I think you'll start to see a lot of the more mobile shooting options come back. You'll, you'll start to see the Skyfires come back. You'll start to see the Vanguard get used. I, and I mean, like you said about the, the Stormcast of uh, the ones coming down and being immobile. Really, with this type of army where you only need to carve out the heroes real quick, I mean, coming down and then doing your job and becoming immobile isn't really all that bad. They only have one job to do. So you drop them, you kill the hero they need to kill, and you kind of end it from there. Uh, th would this fi firewall stay out if the priest is no longer around? I don't really know how they work. I'll have to double check when, the, when it comes out. I can't find live information on that, but I heard that it's fairly random. So there's a chance it will stay around. There's a chance it won't. Okay. Whereas the coin judgments automatically. Yeah. So it's even though they're immobile, they they still deep strike. So they can they can drop behind the wall, carve out what they need to carve out, and kind of be done with it. And then if they're immobile, they're immobile. So. Fire slayers can deep strike too. Yeah. I mean, every, everybody can deep strike anymore. It's not. It's like not even yeah. special anymore. Not chaos storms, but. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the other thing is that that's the way around the mobility, the lodge with the you know increased their run auto six run with the running charge. Yeah. And deep striking. I mean, if you see a scenario where the line is eighteen, I mean you're nine inches away from the enemy's deployment zone, so eighteen inch difference, you're going to be getting first turn charge with fucked up, you know, shield ball in their face, and they're not going to be able to shoot through it very easily. Yeah. Now. Fire Slayer's got multiple uh, endless spells, not just a wall. <laughs> so I feel like the other ones are worth kind of mentioning. Uh, you got the Zargron Flame Spitter as well. Uh, it's the same deal for casting it. You just need the three plus invocation roll. And then its ability is Magma Blast. And it's at the start of your shooting phase, if there's a friendly Fire Slayer's Priest within six inches of the model, you can pick an enemy unit within 24 inches of this model and roll 12 dice. Add one to the roll if there are 10 or more models in the unit. Add two to the roll instead if there are 20 or more models in the unit. For each 6-plus, the unit suffers one mortal wound. Uh, it, it's pretty pedestrian, but it, it, it could be good against things like uh, probably giant hordes of anything. Ghosts. Yeah, ghosts. Uh, probably Daughters of Cain. They probably hang out in units of 20-plus. I mean, yeah, because ghosts ignore them and all that stuff, so on average you're going to be bothered by a mortal yeah. Wait, hold on. Uh, six more. Add twelve dice. Am I looking at the wrong one? Nope. Uh, two. Yeah. So on average, you're popping six more wings. Yeah. Into a board. Yeah. So it's like a, a little bit of extra damage. I don't know how many points it is. I mean, with, with something like the wall, uh, I don't it's think 60. this. Yeah, I don't think this one will see a lot of play at sixty points. It's I mean, a, that one. I take and the wall, but not. I don't know about the other one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's okay. I mean, this one's pretty pedestrian. The other one is uh, the Molten Infernoth. Uh, it's, you summon it, same invocation roll, a 3+, plus, 
Uh, it's got a couple of abilities. The first one is Burning Tide. When this Magmic Invocation is set up, the player who set it up can immediately make a move with it. In addition, at the start of each of their subsequent hero phases, the player who set this Magmic Invocation up can make a move with it as if it is still on the battlefield. When you move this Magmic Invocation, it can move up to 2d6. So, you can move it. It moves 2d6. Um, the other ability is the Erupting Inferno. After the model is moved, roll 12 dice for each unit that is within 3 inches of it at the end of its move. For each 6, that unit suffers 1 mortal wound. Fire Slayer's units are not affected by this ability. So, it's got kind of a mini ability of the last spell. It, it doesn't get buffed up to a 4+, plus based off number size. But, uh, it's still, you know, you can move it around. You can move it within people and try to get some cheap mortal wounds in on it. Um, it's got a third ability where it, uh, Fiery Wrath of Volcatrix, you add one to the bravery characteristic of Fire Slayers that are wholly within 18 inches of the model. So, again, th this guy seems extremely pedestrian. I mean, it's a cool looking model. Um, a plus one bravery is okay. Um, a couple cheap mortal wounds. I don't know, how many points is it? Do we know? It's, it's nice to have. It's not a must in a half on auto include. Yeah. I mean, moving to 2d6 is tough. Yeah, I mean, on average, that's a, what, a 7? So, yeah. that's not bad. Uh, it, it doesn't really do anything, though, that the other spell doesn't already do better, and it's not as good as the wall. So I can't really see a reason for taking it over the other two, unless you had right. the points. I'd argue for taking it for the bravery because your basic dudes are bravery seven, I think. Yeah, so what, um, what happens is with Daughters of Cain and Mind Razor is a big combo that everyone runs. Yeah. Since you're not going to be able to have reliable dispels, they're going to get that buff off, and their witch hunts are also set up bravery, but the cauldron gives them plus one, I think. So yeah. unless you're eight bravery or more, um, I can double check that. Unless you're eight bravery or more, you're going to yeah. Yeah. Two damage uh, attacks and minus one rent extra. Um, also for like game into uh, Karendaline's death because those have a lot of moral scaling uh, mortal wound attacks. So uh, yeah, it's situational, but I think it has a place in some lists. Yeah, I think it would largely depend on who you're facing, but that would require knowledge of what you're going to be facing beforehand. Yeah. In uh, like. Mean, Talking about weaknesses, bravery bottom with the amount of bravery bombs, and corn has like an ability where whenever something like in a battle shock phase, like next three to three models, you know, if you throw that on somebody's hard to kill, hard fight berserkers, yeah, and you hit them with like minus three bravery and kill seven guys. I mean, that's yeah. definitely true because uh, as tanky as you are, there's no save around guys running away, so. That, prob yeah. that probably is the most effective way to remove models from this army. Yeah, because if you kill, if you get five models to go, I mean, that's 120 points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's a nice safeguard. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a little tiny buff. I mean, one one isn't, if you were going to run, usually one isn't enough to to stop that from happening, but it does save one extra guy, so I can definitely see... Which is two wounds now. So yeah, so, yeah, it, it does get twice as much mileage as it would have normally. Um, now, the other thing Fire Slayers got was the Battle Forge. That's, this is their scenery piece. Um, its rules are, at the start of the hero phase, one friendly Fire Slayers priest within six inches of a Battle Forge can control its magmic energies... If they do so until the end of that phase, add one to prayer rolls for the priests while they are within 18 inches of the battle forge. So it buffs their prayers. Uh, since all of them are going off on three pluses, now they would go off on two pluses. Does uh, that count for the invocation spell? I don't know. They they, I think they should count, but I'm just not sure because it says magmic invocations, not prayer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it says fire slayers... Can attempt for yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's an invocation. So yeah, it's just for their prayers. Uh, I don't know what their prayers mm -hmm. normally go off on. Uh, I'm assuming it's a three plus or a four plus. I know corns are usually four plus. It's usually three yeah, or four. My yeah, I don't think they do. Because it doesn't mention prayers anywhere on the 
have still three plus for the walls. But... I mean, that's, yeah. it's fine, anyways. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's two more than busted. Yeah, that that'd be stupid. So. I hope GW doesn't hear me say that and think that that's what I want because I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm I'm probably gonna have enough fits with that wall as it is when I do eventually play against Tell these. I play Vanguard. Yeah. Now you could spend the forge, uh, once per battle at the start of your hero phase. One friendly priest within six inches of the forge can spend all of the forge's energy instead of using its molten blessing ability. If they do so until the start of your next hero phase, you can re-roll save rolls of one for friendly Fire Slayers units on the battlefield. However, for the rest of the battle, Fire Slayers Priests can no longer use the Magmic Battleforge's Molten Blessing ability. So, once a battle, if you know that you're about to take a lot of damage, you can just blow this and re-roll all your saves of one for everybody on the battlefield, which is seems pretty good. Yeah, I mean... A lot of people were complaining about it. It was probably the most complaint about thing in the uh, um, second to losing your um, Berserk Fury save. But I was actually kind of like excited when I saw it because I was like, oh, this means save step. Uh, so I was like, oh, save step is coming. So yeah, uh, it's not that bad because there are so many ways, like you said, to stack saves. If you have multiple units with a three plus or the main unit with a two plus, and they're very far away, and you don't have to put certain cast mystic shield. You can just pop that and say, "Yeah, I don't care. My prayer goes off on a four or three. Um, I'll take I'll take the rerolls for I don't for not losing any models." Yeah. Now, with all this new stuff, Fire Slayers definitely seem like they have the tools to go far competitively now. What kind of impact do you think they're going to have on the meta? Do you see them being like Legions of Nagash and Daughters of Cain level top tier? Or do you see them more as a gatekeeper tier type army? Where where would you place them in the meta? You guys can talk. What do you think, uh, Carolyn? Uh, it's, it's, it's tough without knowing the, the exact point cost across the army for everything. But um, I think they have the tools necessary to play up there with, uh, well, maybe not directly with Legions, but I think they can give them a hard time. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say for sure without having it in front of me. So I'm going to be like, this is just my first impression. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think they have the, cho uh, the, the, the necessary abilities to make it yeah i i would have to agree uh they seem like they definitely have the durability to make it far they can handle a lot of the things that are going to be thrown at them by other armies um i'm not a competitive player myself i want to be eventually but uh, that's for another time um i do however know the meta and it seems like a lot of the things that the meta throws around these guys can kind of take and turn it back on what they're playing so i definitely can see their toolkit really helping them in that scene uh wayne you play flesh eater courts who are kind of high now themselves how do you feel as a flesh eater courts player how would you feel coming up against fire slayers and how do you feel about them in the meta i think that at least from what i've seen they're going to be really strong they don't seem like balls to the wall broken but they definitely seem like they're going to be up there yeah so i think they might take some top tables they might not win every event but i do think they'll be in and out of the top three i can i can see that yeah i don't think they're going to be like the medalist to beat like how legions are or daughters of Cain are where they are the meta but i definitely think you're going to see them doing really well and they're going to be the sort of army where you need to have a plan for if and when i face fire slayers how am i going to deal with that yeah now as a flesh eater court player with your tools how would you go about facing them um without knowing specifically about them because like i said nobody here plays them yet i would probably try to out attrition them as best as i can i mean the main thing with flesh eaters is that i can keep bringing guys back 
what does scare me, though, is the number of you killed me and I get to attack you back because um, I've played Blades of Corn a lot, and that usually is where things go south for me because I'll kill you and then you'll just attack back and wound my guys or kill my guys or whatever. But um, rough plan would be trying to slow them down more, like the barricade... Um, might be really good because it slows it halves your movement speed and they're slow uh, something like that a lot of um, ways yeah. to bring guys back so okay you killed 20 guys I'm gonna get 20 guys back the next turn that kind of stuff and slowly whittle them down or just focus on focus on the objectives and here you can go play with 80 ghouls and I'm gonna go get the main parts of it yeah, I'll be curious to see how that ends up going um, for you. You'll have to let me know when you finally get a chance to play them, because I'll be curious to see if they can out-attrition Fire Slayers. I, I think it'll be an interesting race to see who can... Uh, I don't think either side will table the other. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who can kind of dominate objectives better at that point. I'll be very curious to see that. So Yeah, I, I do know... Um, I believe one of our guys is going to start them, and my local game store is planning on a slow grow league uh the 22nd i believe so if i play in that i'm definitely going to have at least at low points to begin with some experience playing against them yeah so that'll be good i mean you'll get some experience playing them you can tell me how that goes because i'll be curious i know i'll be playing against fire slayers as corn eventually when uh that army gets up and running uh right now i'm working on my black legion so we'll uh cross that bridge when we get there but the demons are mostly done thanks to rob uh when other people paint it goes a lot better than when i try to paint so <laughs> i mean <laughs> I, had to, I had to put them on the back burner for a little bit oh the, so. no no yeah completely understandably i mean honestly i should be painting them myself i should stop trying to get other people to do my dirty work That's for me but uh you know i mean I, 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 for some you, reason you do your black legion i'll finish that's the way of chaos. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, it is the way of chaos. My life is chaos and you know what? It, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm completely fine with it. Now, yeah, I I think yeah. I'm sorry what you're saying. No, 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 go ahead. You're cutting out. Well, um yeah, I I think you're going to see it up the mother top tables. But not that I'm, mostly because not that many people play them. So you're not going to see them everywhere. I think you can see some people pick them up, but I think it's important that you're just not going to see them a lot. Yeah. But every once in a while, you see like the odd one out that does very well. You'll see like, oh yeah, you know, it, it finished in the top half. Yeah. So like, okay, cool. And then you'll see, oh well, this guy did exceptionally well with them. It'll be a big spread, I think. I don't think it'll be reliably up top, but not because of the army, but just because of who plays them. Yeah. Um, at least in the U.S. or this Northeast area. Also, yeah, I think that there's a lot of answers for everything. I mean, that, like the monsters, like the the lodges and stuff. Like, I think I was telling you, Joe, like, it, it was the one where it was, like, in Axe, you can get your Berserker where every hit roll counts as two hits. Jeez. And it's with minus two rent, two damage and they can pile in multiple times. So, and it can attack even when he dies. So it's one of those things where, yeah, you just throw him and his buddies into a, into a monster and then pop the command ability where they all go at once and it's done. Yeah. And if it fights back and kills you, you still hit it and then you trigger your command ability or something. Yeah. So it's like whenever you choose it to attack, whenever he attacks. So say you attack and kill my guy, well, he chooses to fight and then you pop his command ability and all the heroes are not going to get to fight. So there's some tricky things in there, uh, especially because Grim Man Berserkers don't count as tears. I could see like people rolling around with like four Grim Man Berserkers kind of running up with Battlesmith with them. It's like two plus eight Battlesmith according to the wording stacks. So it's, you could see them running around with like two plus eight, five plus with no pain. If you have your bodyguard saying a four plus eight, oh, man. they're all kind of supporting each other. Yeah, they're they definitely seem like an army that's very good at trading up. So they'll throw themselves into the into the fight, but they'll always trade up. So it's 
Yeah. You could, you could it's, if it's all about objectives and output, you could have uh, one berserker hold up a horde. You know, you debuff the horde, debuff your berserker saves, and uh, he's just going to take all the hits. Because, like I said, how many bases can you really pile down a single base from a horde? You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Like five millimeter bases can fit one, two, save half, save, you know, 15 can attack or something. Yeah. I don't know, say 15 can attack and they're debuffed. You know, if you have a 2 plus save with all these feel no pains and uh, the, nine, the artifacts making 9 moves, you're just gonna, you're gonna take all the hits. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're the counter punch army, they're the trade up army. They want to take what you have to give them and make sure they deal it back to you in equal measure. I mean, that just is what they are. And you know what? That's cool. That's cool with me. I like that there's an army now that has that kind of play style. Anyway, that was this week's episode of Cast the Dice. It was a productive one. I feel like we got to talk a lot of shop today, which is nice. Uh, I like that we got to talk about a lot of tactics for Fire Slayers. They're an exciting army. I look forward to seeing them on the table. If you out there are interested in playing Fire Slayers after hearing this cast, they're on pre-order now. Uh, they went up on pre-order yesterday, so make sure you grab them, get the tome, and get ready to have a good time with them. Again... This was Cast the Dice, a Warhammer podcast with Joe, Wayne, Caramon, and Rob. Hope you guys have a good one and keep gaming.